Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to today's edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Kara Slay, and today I am joined with my producer, Kobe Jackson, and my co-hosts, Taylor Quinn, Quinn and Kelani DeLuna. We've got a lot to cover in this episode. We have planned today where we'll talk about San Marcos High School football, Texas State football, and Texas State volleyball. But before we get into anything, I'm going to give it tailor the stage to hear from a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Okay, to get us started, let's talk about Rattler football, um, San Marcos High School, what are our predictions for this game against Alexander? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the call for uh, the or actually doing the stats for the Wagner game this past Friday, and uh, it was it was a tough tough loss for uh, the Rattlers. I mean, Wagner, I mean, has been unbelievable these past few years, especially on the running game. And I just kind of want to throw this stat out there that the Wagner Thunderbirds had a total of six hundred and twenty six rushing yards the whole game. I mean, that if that doesn't really define the what type of offense they run, nothing does. And they only had, like, I believe about five or six yards passing. So they're a predominantly run team. So, the you know, the Rattlers had a tough time playing against them. But just looking forward to uh, looking towards this Alexander game. I mean, you know, obviously a team coming out of uh, Laredo, Texas. And, you know, Laredo, um, Alexander has been their last game was actually pretty phenomenal. I'm not going to lie to you, but. You know, the Rattlers, I think the Rattlers just need to step up offensively. Defensively, it's kind of been up and down for them, but they've always been consistent in trying to get stops. But, you know, for the Rattlers, I think the offense is really where it needs to pick up, especially for at the quarterback position with uh, KG Webb. Uh, Running game has been absolutely solid for them with, you know, with Stenon and Garcia in the backfield. And then obviously, you know, we've been talking about Tony Diaz a lot uh, this season. So, but this, I think this is, this needs to be a big bounce back win and to get their first win of the season if you're the Rattlers. Yeah, Rattlers offensively definitely need to pick it up. I was also at the game last last week, and it was it was it was hard to watch just on offense. You know, lots of false starts, lots of turnovers, and it really killed them. And they weren't really to, really able to get anything going offensively. So you know, going into this game against Alexander, I have high hopes, and they definitely need to step it up if they want a chance to win. Um, they do have a home court advantage, or should I say, field this weekend. So this week shall be interesting, and the home game opener. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The um, home game advantage is something that um, is very helpful in this case because, you know, athletes feed off the fans' energy. And yep. if the fans bring it, if the San Marcos high schoolers uh, bring the bring the crowd that they need, they can definitely um, pull out a win for against um, this team this upcoming Friday. But moving on to Texas State Volleyball, um, they have a game tomorrow at 5 p.m. against Kansas, who's ranked number 20 in the nation. Um, how do you all think that's going to be? 
Um, I feel like Texas State Volleyball, They this is going to be a game that they're going to compete and show out. Um, two weekends ago, I believe, they played Houston number 13, and they took, us, they took them down. So this proves to us that we can play with these big schools and keep in this league. So tomorrow should be fun. Yeah, and before they even get to Kansas, they got to play New Hampshire first, and then they'll play uh, – Bel- I believe it's Bell or Mine. I believe that's the name of the school. But that's before they get to Kansas. But just going off of this upcoming tournament, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, Kansas is one of those big schools that obviously is very good. They're mostly specifically known in basketball, uh, mostly in, col- in college. But volleyball is honestly stepping up big time this season. And I'm not going to lie, the Bobcats had a tough time in the Bobcat Classic this past weekend. You know, this is the thing. This is their last tournament before they head into some Bell Conference play because once this tournament's over, the different mindset for this volleyball team and head coach Sean Hewitt is going to be a lot different. Obviously, you know, Sunbelt is going to be very highly interesting this season with all the, you know, anticipations from volleyball last year to leading up to this year. Um, and the thing, you know, the Bobcats made it all the way to the Sunbelt Conference Championship last year and unfortunately came up short to JMU. And, you know, it's one of those things that they got to really, really focus on is just, you know, communicating and trying to have, you know, better fundamentals because we clearly saw, we've been clearly have been seeing that with this team. And honestly, it should come come pretty clean, pretty clean for uh, for this Jayhawk Invitational. Yeah, going back to the Bobcat Classic, you know, unfortunately lost to Southeastern Louisiana and as in Cal as well, but they lost they won their last match to Abilene Christian. So hopefully that gives them momentum going into the Jayhawk Invitational. But this will definitely be a tough tournament playing against number twenty Kansas. But I'm excited and I know these Bobcats can compete and I have high hopes. Yeah, I definitely um think that this team is aggressive, Texas State Volleyball, and I think Hewitt is really striving um, towards that goal of Sweet 16. I know he mentioned that um, in our interview a few weeks ago, but he really wants them to be aggressive and have power behind that ball, and I think that he is doing a really good job of executing that. Um, But with the Bobcat Classic, what do you think this Going into this tournament, what do y'all think that they should focus on or what they should do to win these games? I think just like I said, like I mentioned just a while, just a minute ago, I think communicating communicating is going to be a big factor uh, for this team. And I know we, you know, like you said, we interviewed uh, Sean Hewitt, I believe, last week, I believe, for uh, for BCR. And he basically said that, you know, our mindset is just basically the same. Everybody has their own their own method and how to get ready for games. And this is honestly to them, this is just another opponent. So you, honestly, you just take opponents day by day, and you know if you and you learn from the mistakes that you've learned that you've learned previously in games. And I think uh, with that, I think that's going to be their community their their flow their. What am I looking for? Their flaw for this game, for this tournament, and trying to, trying to be connected. I think that's one thing that Sean Hewitt wants is to have these girls connected and try to get better, better offensive production because they can absolutely score. We clearly saw that when they played number thirteen, Drake in Houston, and you know, everything that they have learned from that obviously will translate to later on uh, in these games down the road. But I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough tough tournament for them. Yeah, back to what you said, definitely communication is important, keeping those errors down, as well as just not getting down super early. Like they, they were down 5-0 a couple times early in a couple sets. So I think it's definitely important to come out with a lot of energy and, you know, get the first few points when they can. Yeah, um, I think like with communication and bonding off the court and on the court is very important for teams. Um, like 
that goes not only for volleyball, but for baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is like you with a team sport and a team effort, you need to have that communication barrier and that bond, at least with every player on that court. So y'all can communicate efficiently and better. But um, we are going to take a quick break. Um, you're listening to KTSW 89.9. And welcome back to our Bobcat Radio episode this Wednesday. Um, still keeping on the topic of Texas State sports. Let's talk about Texas State football. So we play or sorry, Texas State plays against uh, Jackson State on Saturday this week. The kickoff is at 730, I believe. What are our predictions for that game? Oh, gosh. Well, this is the first time that the Bobcats are meeting up with the Tigers, and this is actually going to be Jackson State's fourth home uh, road game in a row. So I feel like the Bobcats definitely have an advantage going in, being at home, and they're on their fourth straight away game. But Texas State's defense has really been the standout this season, especially last game. They're currently third in the country in tackles for loss. So I definitely think their defense is going to be what carries them through. And then as for offense, you know, the rushing offense, I think, needs to be a lot better than it was last game. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And you know, I'm just looking at uh, Jackson State right now, they're currently two and one in their season. Irv Mulligan has been absolutely phenomenal for them on the ground on the rushing game so far. And they're only playing you know little teams like South Carolina State, Florida A&M, and then uh, they played Su- uh, Southern last week. So obviously, you know, they're having a pretty good season now. On the Bobcats, on the other side of things, for the Bobcats, obviously that tough loss to UTSA was was pretty tough mm-hmm. and you know their defense um they pretty much held their ground against UTSA unfortunately Frank Harris just could not could just could not just <laughs> did not want to give up he really didn't because I know he got hurt a couple times went out of the ball game went out of the ball game for a little bit then came back in then went out then came back in I'm like this dude really just doesn't know when to quit so I mean it was a good I mean a tough loss for the Bobcats but if you're coming into Jack you know obviously their home opener against Jackson State is going to be really packed i know it's going to be packed at uh at bobcat stadium so uh, everybody's gonna be showing out for that but just what they need to improve i think taylor you spoke on it definitely the running the run game passing game i don't think really is that big of a concern for yeah. the most part but uh the run game is definitely definitely something to work on because you know ba- they did exceptionally well against baylor and then they struggled against utsa so now it brings up jackson state yeah um i am really excited for this game um, to be honest, I am excited to see how the Bobcats perform against Jackson State. But what do y'all think UTSA had that Bobcats didn't have? Grit. <laughs> Grit. Um, you know, UTSA has always been well, and I, I hate to, I, I hate to speak about <laughs> them, but you know they have always had you know just great players. Obviously, we had one player being drafted to the NFL a couple of years ago in Marcus Davin in uh, Marcus Davenport, and you know he he was phenomenal. I mean, I I can I could not find anything bad to say about him, but you know Coach Trailer has been absolutely phenom- uh, absolutely outstanding for this Roadrunner team since he has been at UTSA, and I mean made it to a bowl game last year. Unfortunately, came up short to uh, the Troy Trojans. But I mean, it's uh, I mean, they just they just outplayed Bob, the Bobcats. I mean, I can't I I don't want to really you know say anything much more than that. But I mean, yeah, UTSA big win for them. Now they're sitting at one and one now in their season. So are the Bobcats. So I mean, it was it was a tough it was a tough game. 
Bobcats also struggled offensively heavily in the second half. You know, they were outscored 10-3, to couldn't, couldn't even score a touchdown. And UTSA also had possession of the ball most of the time. They had it for around 37 minutes, and the Bobcats only had it for around 22 minutes. So definitely offense, but I still think the defense played really well, and I just want to shout out Brian Holloway, absolutely. who had a career-high 16 tackles. He was absolutely phenomenal and a beast on that line. Yeah, um, and what do you all think about Kenny... Kenny has a new coach. I know, like, a lot of people have opinions oh, yeah. about that. And maybe y'all aired them out before, but let's going back to, like, that, how do y'all think he's leading this team? I think he's doing a good job. You know, obviously, bringing the new culture, you know, I know, and I've, I've spoken on this a, a lot uh, during this early on in the semester, but, you know, when me, Paxson, and uh, the guys that went to media days and stuff during uh, the summer, when we all spoke to him, you know, he just he just sounded laid back. He sounded relaxed. Like he, it was almost like, you know, he was, you know, it was great for him to be there. But I bet. He, but in his mind, I bet she was like, let's just go and just get the letter, the leather pads on and let's start, you know, really showing us what we can do. And, you know, the background of him winning and incarnate were obviously sparks you know, a lot, not only with, you know, the the uh, with the athletes, but with also with the other coaches that he brought with him and obviously the school. You know what I mean? Because. It's it's one thing it's one thing to have to bring in a coach who had no experience who has no experience and then bring in a coach who's had a lot of experience. I know we kind of you know saw that with Jake Spavitt all this past you know this past year the you know this past season and then now you know bringing in GJ with his staff his, his player I mean classify his players per se at from Incarnate Word I mean I think he's doing a good job but like I said two games really doesn't define anything yet that's more towards later like later down the season yeah absolutely when you think of like Texas like you automatically think of football and so I feel like like Kobe said like the culture's doing it like and we have all the fans and so Saturday should be a great game yeah coach Kenny came in and said he like wanted to start a new era of Texas State football and I think he has done a good job so far like like Kobe said it's still early there's only been two games but this is a brand new team lots of transfers and I think they're still working everything out right now but I'm pretty confident in this next game that their offense will get it together you know and one more quick thing before we move on is that you know Deion Sanders was the head coach for Jackson State last year (laughs) so obviously he took majority of his players with him to Colorado, so I don't know how this game's really going to turn out with you know the new players and the new coaching staff for Jackson State, but we shall see. I just want to throw that out there because I know Dion is absolutely succeeding in Buffalo right now, and, <laughs> but I just wanted you know just to throw that out there for uh, for Jackson State. Yeah, so zooming out of San Marcos and into more national and professional. Uh, sports the u.s open coco golf uh won the women's singles in the u.s open on saturday which is so awesome awesome because she's 19 years old Mm -hmm. um what do y'all think this means in the world of tennis like to america i mean that was that was just incredible 19 years old is absolutely insane to say you know what i won the u.s open but um i mean i think that was the first teenager to do it since serena williams and i know she said like serena and venus were like her role models and she looked up to them so i just think i just think it's awesome and it shows you know there's no age limit it's it's great yeah exactly going off like serena williams she obviously won her first one when she was 17 like these are prime years of your life and just showing like your heart and dedication to the sport like it just really shows out and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, growing up, I've watched, you know, Serena Williams and I've watched Venus Williams and just win countless champ, countless U.S. Opens, count, countless uh, Wimbledon 
uh, championships as well. And honestly, Coco Golf is probably going to be the next one on that list. I mean, for her to do it at night, you know, for her to do it at 19 years old, when most of 19 year olds are freshmen in college and stuff, mostly she's doing she's doing unbelievable things. And honestly, I can see her continuing her dominance for a very, very long time. That is going to be the new wave of the fan fan favorite for tennis and Coco Golf is no exception. Yeah, and also still on the topic of the U.S. Open, you know, there was uh, Ben Shelton. He's 20 years old, mm-hmm. and he um, was able to make it to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open on the men's side. Um, he had the fastest serve at 149 <laughs> miles per hour That's of the insane. U.S. Open, which is just crazy to think about because, like, like. I compare that to like baseball pitches, like speed, which like is no comparison at all. But like no, that is just close. so crazy to me that um, tennis is just such a good sport. Like mm-hmm. I have never really like been invested in tennis as I am now, but it has been so so thrilling to watch and l- just see these people like compete on their own and also like in doubles. Like I would definitely like to see more of uh, the tennis world in that way. Yeah, and to think that, you know, when Coco Goff really first bursted onto the scene, she was only 15 years old. And I remember her I remember her when she debuted because I was uh I was a freshman in junior college when she made her debut and I'm like, This this girl's gonna be the next big thing in tennis. And the more she just kept winning and kept winning, I'm like yeah, she's on her way. So, yeah. but with that being with that being said, I think tennis is in really good hands for the next few years, specifically on the women's side. Men's side, it's kind of it's kind of going up gradually, but you know, specifically on the women's side, you know, obviously with Serena Williams, probably I won't. In, is in, isn't she retired? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was yes. gonna say like everyone was worried, you know, after she retired, like who who's, who's gonna next? be it? Exactly. But like, Coco yeah. Golf. Oh and my v- gosh. And Venus is still going, right? Or is she retired also? She's still going, but I don't think she's competing she's in not like competing. big okay. like titles. Okay, gotcha. So And I know too Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. She Osaka. just came off like maternity leave and yeah. she yeah. announced the other day that she's gonna do the Australia Open in twenty twenty four. So we her. shall Good see. Good for her. I, hey, I mean, Coco, <laughs> Coco and Naomi squaring off. Hey, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. It's really yeah. inspiring to see for sure. Um, but moving on, I know that Aaron Roger. Rogers <laughs> is currently uh, um, Kobe out how are you for the feeling? season. Oh my gosh! Is it that no, your go. is that your fantasy QB? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry to everyone's fantasy. I mean, four Cornback. plays into the game, a torn Achilles. That did y'all actually see like the re- actual replay slow motion of, yes. when it, yes. of when it popped? Oh, Ooh. yeah. Literally, yeah. <laughs> don't even want to think about it. It gives me like the chills. It's just really, it's really disappointing. Honestly, I was, I was really excited to have him, you know, first season there. It was super exciting. And then, you know, were you expecting them to bring out Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback? (laughs) Because I remember Peyton Manning being like, wait, he's still on that team. They're bringing out Zach Wilson. I mean, let's be real here. Uh, (laughs) During hard knocks, Zach Wilson did learn a lot from Rodgers this past, uh, this past training camp. So, but with that being said, I think, the Jets have possible, still possible futures. It's just not way above expectations where people had them originally. And, you know, for my fantasy team, unfortunately, you know, I, I had to drop Aaron Rodgers from my uh, from my roster. But I picked up a good backup. I picked up uh, Baker Mayfield for the Buccaneers. So, I mean, that's that's still pretty good. And then I moved up Anthony Richardson for uh, from the Colts. So 
I think that it's still. I think I'm still in good positions, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that another day. But uh, the rock, you know, poor Aaron Rodgers, and the thing, you know, I was talking about this uh, earlier on or uh, Monday night with my dad and stuff because I was letting him know about the draft pit, about the trade that the Jets got to get Aaron Rodgers. Is that if you know Rodgers played 65 percent of the snaps, that last pick that they received, that that last second round pick, or yeah, second round pick for twenty, I believe it was like twenty twenty five or something. If he would have played sixty five percent of the snaps, that draft pick would have came a first rounder instead of a second rounder. So, with that being said, since that since Rogers is out, that will remain as the second round pick, which is kind of sad because now that I look at the trade, I think the Packers won that trade. Not gonna lie, <laughs> sure. I hate to say yeah. that. Yeah, now with this injury, but. Do you think that Rodgers will even be back in New York after next I season? Think, like, I, I just keep seeing people people say, oh, my know. gosh, his Hall of Fame career is over. Oh, my God. He probably won't even be back in New York. And I'm like, calm it down, calm guys. It down, calm yeah. it down. How many more seasons do you think Rodgers has? He's been in here for 17 mm. years. Like, how how how, how, how can you keep going? Exactly. <laughs> so what, uh, you want him to be like, be like Brady and play till he's like 50? <laughs> Maybe. No, no. Um, 50. You know, Aaron. Rod- I mean, first of all, if Aaron Rodgers, we've already talked about his career, unbelievable career in Green Bay of all he did. Even though he only brought him to one Super Bowl, countless playoff appearances. Unfortunately, I don't know how they lose in the playoffs. But you know, I think he maybe has maybe two, a good two, three years left. I think because you know he's he's only thirty nine years old. Tom Brady played till he was about I would say about forty five. I'm, I'm getting. I don't want to say I'm crazy. Getting, I'm getting close to numbers, but you know. Did he have the career that Tom Brady had? No. But did he have a quarter did he have a career that a lot of quarterbacks didn't have? Yes. And what I mean by that is obviously wanting a championship, multiple MVPs as a court as a court. I believe he won the MVP four times uh in his career and then you know making to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, uh countless playoff appearances. I mean, that's all you can really ask for if you're uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers now, you know, if he re- does return, which I honestly think he will, that would be sad for him to, you know, to have an injury, let alone a career threatening injury that could you know, possibly have him retire. But I mean, I think he'll be back. I honestly think he'll be back. I think so, too. I'm I'm pretty confident that he wants to get back out and I'm sure he's just absolutely devastated, which which sucks. But. And it's kind of, you know, it's 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 crazy because like I'm not a, I, New York is dedicated to their teams for sure. And I think after first of all, Monday Night Football game was was fantastic. I'm not going I'm not even going to lie. But it's a shame because the Jets did way, way much better than the uh, poorless New York Giants, I should say. Oh, my gosh, um, that was Oh, horrible. Okay, but what <laughs> besides the Giants? What about our team, Kobe? Because we oh, did pretty bad wait, too. Wait, why did you Why did you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> like, because a bunch of my family are 49ers fans, and I just had to like hear it all day from them how bad we are. You know, it's it's bad enough that I had to hear that from Grace when we did Monday when we did Monday's BCR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was bad enough. I mean, uh, we, we uh, you're getting trampled on, Kobe. I, I mean, we didn't even like rush the ball really. Like, what no, were we, we doing? Ten rushes, like Najee Harris. <laughs> had like two fantasy points. Ugh, I, I'm so blessed I didn't have him in fantasy though. I had but, Friar Muth and he just did like I mean, he, abs- had one tu- he had one touchdown. It was like a two yard touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> that still count that still counts. But anyway, um yeah Steelers are just are not off to a good start and it's bad enough we lost Cam Hayward for a couple weeks and I know we lost mm-hmm. just lost Deontay Johnson for a couple weeks yep. too so Ugh. And uh, now we have to play the Browns. Uh, so. which they won against uh, Joe Burrow this past this past Gosh, uh, that that was another horrible performance by the Bengals. Yeah, so bad. I mean, 
But I know you had. I know we were talking about uh, you know jerseys and stuff during uh yes. during uh our before we went on air. Um, is there like a popular jersey that y- that y'all like that y'all seen so far? I, okay, I personally like for college football U of H's new blue jersey, which is a nod towards the Oilers. Oilers, yep, is so clean in my what opinion. A co- what a coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> yes, an Oilers hat in the studio right now, but. I just think those those jerseys look awesome. I, do. I know a lot of people are like hate on them because they like SMU colors, but like personally, who cares? <laughs> they look it look good in the blue and the blue uniforms because oh Presley said that oh no, just like other people, like oh. just a ton of people, but um like uh. Sorry. So just them like paying paying attention to like the Oilers and mm-hmm. the classics. Yeah. Um. You know, U of H never really strays away from their red, That's true. black, white. So it's really interesting to see. But like MLB jerseys, like personally, I love a lot of colors. So I oh, love course. the Fiesta Padres. You jersey. actually like that one? I, I do. I don't I like that cute. one. I am not a fan like, of that one either. I just really, I just <laughs> really love color. I'm a color person. Me and my dad person. were watching it the other day, and I was like, Dad, what are those uniforms? It's Fiesta. Please. It's the Fiesta uniforms. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's it's okay. I think they could do better, but you know, I it, just personally love the color. That's like, that's, fair. that's all. That's I love fair. color in my life. But. That's fair. Well, while we're on the topic of baseball per se, I mean, oh boy, Astros are struggling bad you, you think they lost to the a's two days in a row yeah but they're still on the top of the standings yeah but how do you how do you lose to the a's <laughs> i know i know last i know it's <laughs> it's it's a struggle bus here in texas uh between the rangers and the astros um <laughs> <laughs> What Rangers are one game back right now? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I I, it's I don't want to speak about this anymore because and Mariners they're they're all up there still. Do you do you want me to talk about your Giants right now? Do no, <laughs> they're irrelevant at this point. They're so irrelevant. No, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, but no, the Astros are just are, are off to a, a tough streak right now, and you know. It's getting closer and closer to playoff time. Really, more really towards the end of the season because I believe the end of the season I believe is in early October, mm-hmm. which is awesome because I love baseball in October. It's the best. Um, but you know, baseball is is it's just been fun this season. I know yeah. you know we're getting to the later stages of uh, of the season. But I believe there's roughly about a good twenty games left. I believe of this I, season. I think that the Astros will pull out all the stops. Like. Like they always do. Yeah, like a, <laughs> literally a pull out on top, just barely. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't in that case, but I do truly believe that they're gonna pull out in front of the Rangers uh, and yeah. the Mariners. I mean, the the Rangers are doing typical Rangers fashion, and it's it's <laughs> it's just funny. And I'm glad we don't have any Rangers fans in here. So I'm actually I'm actually <laughs> pretty happy to say that you know the rain that the Rangers I think will do it again and choke and not get into uh, the playoffs once again. So yeah. I know Kehlani is a Yankees fan. Oh, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. Kurt. It's okay. Just, <laughs> it's all right. We're on the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Just we'll Damn. stay quiet for Poor right you. now. We'll I, stay uh, quiet right Do you now. like, how much, how much do you love Aaron Judge? Do you like him a lot? Yeah, that's, that's my favorite player. Favorite player? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally a Jeremy Pena fan. <laughs> We're, talk, we're talking about the Yankees. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but like if it's but if we're talking about favorite players, that's mine. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, well, real quick, while we have a little bit of time, uh, who is your AL, uh, your American League MVP this season? 
MVP. Oh. Um. I already know who I'm going to say. Who, it's not an Astro, though. Who are you going to say? Shohei Otani. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Yeah. That would definitely be my top pick as well. Absolutely. Just because, like, he just... The pitches he throws, like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> that man... That man is an all-star. Like... Yeah, absolutely. Um, she... Like, he is um, awesome at what he does, and, oh, I love him. Like, he's just awesome. But moving on to weather. As you all know, we are out of the triple digits this whole week. Um, Today, right now, it's currently 80 degrees, and we have a high of 89 with a low of 73. This earlier, later this week, we might be seeing a couple chances of rain. So does this mean fall is officially back? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I will, maybe. I <laughs> so bad. Me we, too. We shall see. The cool we weather. Um, but that is all the time we have today for this episode of Bobcat Radio. But don't worry, because uh, we will be back with another episode um, the same time on Friday at 11. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of Bobcat Radio and want to continue to hear more from us, make sure you fo- keep up with us on K- at KTSW Sports on all social media. And for Kobe Jackson, Taylor Kuhn, and Kehlani DeLuna, I'm Kara Slay, and thank you for listening to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.